And it's 723 on the KYMM Morning Show. Joining us is, uh, joining us in studio uh, right now is Superintendent of Schools, Dr. Matt Hillman. Matt, good morning. Thank you so much for coming in Happy today. Happy Tuesday, Jeff. I, I promise I won't talk to you or ask you anything about the arrival of Miguel Sano into the Twin Cities. Well, uh, that, that, that might take too, too much of our valuable time. That, <laughs> that will be interesting. We shall see. <laughs> All right. Uh, the school board uh, meets just one time on a regular meeting yeah. in the uh, month of July, but we thank you for uh, coming in and, and talking with us because there are a lot of things going on. Just because there's not school in session, regular school, right. uh, you've got things going on. Let's start off with a... Uh, uh, a pretty big grant program. Uh, tell us about uh, about receiving a, a pretty nice grant. So I, I think people in the community are aware of the real significant success of the community school model at Greenvale Park. Um, and that's been funded uh, for quite some time by a 21st century learning grant. And we were just notified uh, last week that we have that grant has been extended for another three years. And a community school model is really a model that's in, in, intended to make sure that the school district is serving the whole family. And so community school projects are, uh, or community school evenings are available. There's after-school programs for kids, uh, clubs. There are evening activities ranging from things like Zumba to uh, talking about dental health and um, chess. And there's all sorts of very cool activities that are after school in the evening, not just for students, but also for their family members. And what we know is when families are engaged at their child's school, we are all working together as partners, and the student is the one who wins, right? And so there's better relationships, there's programming that is non-academic, but that helps students grow in, in a different way and sees their passions. And so uh, the Greenville Park Community School has been heralded throughout the state as one of the premier models of that kind of uh, programming. And so we're thrilled to receive an extension of that grant. And then we're also thrilled uh, to have announced that we're going to expand the program uh, to uh, Bridgewater and Spring Creek beginning this fall. Now, you know, somebody might say, well, Matt, you know, you, you had a pretty big budget adjustment this spring. You know, how are you pulling this off? Uh, part of the and one of the questions we get is about the COVID funding and ESSER funding. And, and you've we've talked about this a number of times, Jeff, that we've used most of that COVID funding uh, to be able to backfill our budget uh, to really help be sustainable. But there was a portion of the COVID dollars from the federal government that were required to be spent on after-school programming. So we convened a group of people to talk about what was the best way uh, to do after-school programming to help um, accelerate kids' uh, academic and social development after or hopefully coming out of the pandemic. We talked for a long time, and someone said, well, we've got this really proven model at Greenville Park. Would we have the money to expand that? And so the COVID money that we have, the federal COVID relief funds that we have that are specific to after-school programs are being allocated to expand the community school to Bridgewater and to Spring Creek. It'll fund it for two years. And uh, what we have seen is once we can get a, a successful model rolling, we do have external funders who are willing, us to, willing to help us with that. So we are thrilled to be able to bring this really uh, award-winning program in many ways um, to uh, Bridgewater and Spring Creek starting in the fall. So uh, for families there, you'll be hearing more about that. Uh, they're doing some hiring. They've hired some of the coordinators at Bridgewater. Uh, the, the Bridgewater coordinator has been hired. They're going to interview for the Spring Creek coordinator this week. They're going to share some staff across all three community school events because they won't have all of the activities all of the same nights. Um, so it's really exciting to see this uh, proven model expanded to um, all three elementary schools. 
Yeah, let's talk about that. Grants usually come with uh, strings attached, or I should say some responsibilities along with that. Uh, as far as your, your reporting, getting numbers and data, uh, is the school, I'm presuming, is responsible for that as well? We have a sophisticated system of collecting data with our partners at HCI and Northfield Promise. Um, we've worked together on this community school model, so we collect a lot of data. And over that time at Greenville Park, we have seen the academic performance of those students improve. Uh, we have also seen family engagement and uh, uh, families' uh, perception of uh, the school environment go up as well. So we know the community school model is a successful model because it brings everybody to the table uh, to make sure that we're doing the most important thing that we can do is supporting students uh, in every way that we can. All right, so let's talk about, uh, I want to talk about staffing. Yeah. Coming up, uh, you've got a new school year coming. Of course, you probably have some spots to fill. I'm reading the uh, Star Tribune, the business section today. They have a big headline that says, Minnesota's unemployment rate is now the lowest ever recorded in any state in the United States history, 1.8%. Wow. Uh, I know KY Med has been looking for a staff personnel, and a lot of businesses have. Uh, it's a, a very competitive market at, at this point, and, and it's difficult to fill some of those positions. What about the school district? Have you been able to, to, to get fully staffed as we enter the new year? So we are doing fairly well, um, but Jeff, coincidentally, I was just involved in a discussion in my role as president of the Minnesota Association of School Administrators uh, yesterday in Mankato. I was with uh, the commissioner of education about uh, 20 school leaders, school board members, uh, folks from Education Minnesota, other superintendents. Um, other representatives from education groups across the state to talk about school staffing issues in Minnesota because it is a crisis in many parts of the state. And looking at how can we make sure, I mean, we're hearing from places where they are not even getting applicants for phi ed teachers. Um, that used to be when I was an elementary principal, if I had an elementary phi ed opening, I would easily have 200 applicants for that position. Now you've got some districts where they have maybe a part-time position. They're getting no licensed applicants. So just like the rest of society, we are also struggling uh, statewide uh, with uh, finding quality employees. And Northfield, we sit a little bit differently. We are very fortunate that we have filled the vast majority of our teaching positions with quality licensed professionals. We still have several uh, teaching positions open. We also have many uh, non-teaching positions opened. And what I really want to just uh, emphasize today is that, as you said, we have, oh, you got to love that, historic un uh, low unemployment. That's a wonderful, that's great news. Uh, it's great news for people seeking work, right? Probably not, the, uh, not great news for those of us trying to find people uh, to do important work. And I, I say this with all sincerity that, um, you know, one of the reasons I went into public education is because I believe that our democracy can only function when we have a really strong public education system. And it is the people who work with kids that make our public education system strong. And so, you know, we are dedicated to making sure that Northfield Public Schools isn't just an okay place to work, not just a good place to work, but an excellent place to work. Um, and I want to share that the work that we do in the school district, and I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to be dramatic, but this is very true. I can tell you in my 20 some years of doing this, it is true for me every day that this work is life changing, both for the students whom we serve every day. And then also for us as educators, it is uh, the it is the field that begets all other fields. And it is a tremendous sense of higher purpose. So for those of you who are listening, you're looking at doing something, you know, for our community to impact the future. 
make sure you go to northfieldschools.org forward slash employment. As we said, we have a number of positions available for the fall. We have some teaching positions remaining. We have uh, quite a few non-teaching positions. And then if nothing else, we would love to have you substitute. So if you even have a couple of days a week that you could help us as a substitute, go to northfieldschools.org forward slash employment. If you are a person who has a four-year degree, you are eligible to get something that's called a short call substitute teaching license that would allow you to casually sub in our school district. So this doesn't mean that you have to substitute every day. If you could even substitute a few days a month, that would be very helpful. Uh, if you do not have a, a four-year degree and have a, at least a high school degree, you can be a substitute as an educational assistant or in some other non-teaching positions. So I just really encourage people to go to our website and apply uh, for one of the great jobs that we have available. Uh, once again, Superintendent Hillman is with us uh, from the Northfield School District. Uh, let's talk about the start of school. Uh, yeah. It's only, a, I guess, a little over a month now, but uh, you'll soon start having uh, conferences with uh, families and talking with uh, parents and guardians. Uh, when does all that get underway? Yeah, so just for folks, the first day of school is September 6th. Of course, that's after Labor Day. Um, but August 31st and September 1st are our family conferences. We started that a couple of years ago as a way to try to really get uh, a great start out of the blocks, if you will, uh, for the school year by trying to engage and meet with families before the school year begins. Uh, families can expect to start hearing about that from their schools uh, in the coming um, uh, couple of we- next couple of weeks. All right. But reserve those dates because mm-hmm. August 31st and September 1st, make sure you have those on your calendar. Again, more details coming from buildings very soon. I think uh, one of the topics involving the schools that people are talking about around town right now is the facilities. You've done a, uh, a quite the extensive study on the facilities needed, at uh, especially the high school. Um, that is coming to a point where you need to decide whether or not to have a referendum, what work gets done. Is that coming up in the August uh, August meeting? So, Jeff, the school board is going to have a special meeting next Monday night on August 1st. There's I don't anticipate they're going to make any specific formal decision on the pathway forward uh, tonight or on, excuse me, on August 1st. Um, However, um, you're right. We are at decision time. And so uh, when we think about there's really two parts to the facilities uh, planning process. As you remember, we brought, uh, you know, dozens of people together in the late spring to talk about specifically to talk about the future of the high school facility. We gave them some direction of looking at a a renovation project, even though, you know, we know that a new building would have always been on the table because we can calculate what that costs. Um, I think that the consensus of the board is really thinking around using the existing site, using uh, the existing building. But I think where we are just working hard right now is there's two parts to this. There's the plan. And then there's when do you execute the plan. And sometimes you talk about those two items together, and many times you do need to talk about them independently. And the board has had robust discussions about what are the right moves in terms of looking at how we update the high school facility, both from an infrastructure perspective. Anyone who has spent any time in that building knows that there needs to be some work to make it more temperate uh, throughout the building. There's things like windows, there's insulation. Uh, The electrical system is in fairly good shape. That was updated about 20 years ago, so it's modernized. Um, But things like lighting, you know, um, all those kinds of things. And then there's also spaces where we are deficient. Uh, We are behind in in music space for our world-class music programs. Um, And then we also know that we are behind what other school districts are at in terms of the amount of athletic facilities that they have to offer communities. So the board is really working hard. And this is a complicated question because We are trying to put together what is the right thing to do with that facility at this point to update it, 
to modernize it, uh, to make it a great place uh, for kids where they're looking forward to, go to going to school every day. How can we do that with a, a, a primarily 1960s through 1990s building? So this is hard work. And then the second part is when do you ask a question to the community? We can't just do this with our regular funding, right? So is when is the right time to ask the community to help us with that? Um, the board is going to come to some kind of conclusion very quickly here. Uh, August 1st is really going to be the time where we chart what the course will be. And then, of course, we'd have to take any action if we were to move forward sooner rather than later. That has to happen uh, pretty quickly. And then making sure that we have the time and the resources and the availability to be able to share with the community what that vision is. Now, you don't have to go for a, a bond referendum in November. There's a number of uh, there are five dates during the year that the state allows school districts to hold bond referendum elections. So that is something that we've traditionally gone in November. But uh, holding it on another date is something that is certainly on the table. So the board will be considering all of those kinds of things uh, when they meet next Monday. And there is, uh, you, you've mentioned on this program uh, before that uh, the, the indoor facilities seem to be lacking more than the outdoor facilities. That's where much of the need is coming from. Well, the uh, Northfield uh, City Council uh, just this past week threw another thing to think about into the equation, and that is a, a new uh, ice arena. Uh, they uh, move forward with a referendum to uh, have conversations of, you know, with the school district about uh, the school district uh, operating that and putting it on uh, their referendum. I know that's just sprung up last week, but do you have you formed, has the school board and the schools formed a, a decision or a policy, or where are you at in that process? You know, so Jeff, uh, the district's really grateful that the city council, you know, has recently developed this sense of urgency around what we all know as a long-standing city facility problem uh, related to the ice arena. And, you know, we are long-term tenants of that facility, so we know all too well the facility, uh, the facility's disrepair. And I think it was said that, you know, it's it's outlived its uh, useful life and think that's probably a fair assessment uh, so we're we're well aware that the attention as a, as a tenant and as a user of that facility our folks are well aware that attention to that facility is long overdue and you know we have always understood that the cost for us as the district to rent ice would increase if repairs are made or a new facility was um, you know was put forth uh, by the city and I think we just need to take a step back and and honor the why behind this uh, new sense of urgency on the part of the city to address this uh, age-old issue, I think it's fair to say. Um, the district is, of course, thrilled. We are thrilled with Aurora, Aurora Pharmaceuticals' expansion. It's exactly what our community has wanted for years, a high-tech business basing its growing operations in Northfield. We have all wanted that forever. And we know that it's going to bring good-paying jobs to our community. It's going to expand our tax base. And when other companies see groups like Aurora expanding and selecting Northfield as its home, I expect others are going to follow. I mean, you just, you get one win in that uh, business development community, you get more. And so this is a breakthrough moment, you know, for our community's business uh, environment. And we should all be thrilled and grateful, you know, for Aurora's success. And we thank them profusely for choosing Northfield as the place where they want to grow. The Ice Arena is a community facility. And in Minnesota, it is unusual uh, for a school district to own and operate an ice arena. It's it's not out of the question. There are school districts that do own and operate an ice arena, and there are some examples where that does happen. But I would I would characterize it as more as the exception, you know, rather than the rule. So it is a community uh, facility that's typically, you know, operated, you know, not solely by a school district. And in many cases, it's operated by a city or a county or a combination of those. There are many different ways to do it. 
but what my uh, what my experience has been, it's it's rare that the school district is the sole owner and operator of a facility like that. So. Again, we're grateful that there's a sense of urgency prompting uh, the city to broadly think about how they can uh, solve this long-standing issue with the ice arena. We all know it's been an issue for a long time. We're, we're pleased to see a sense of urgency. Um, I think there's some broad ways that could look be, could be looked at, including, you know, the possibility of uh, considering creating a coalition of business partners, you know, who would partner with other governmental agencies the city, et cetera, to be able to uh, try to resolve that issue. And as, as facility users, Jeff, uh, you know that we are always interested in, in – we are interested in the city resolving this issue as a user and as a tenant of the facility. Um, so that's where we're at with it. And, again, we're excited to see the business community in Northfield and a high-tech industry moving forward. Uh, that's one of the best things that the school district can do for the community is make sure that we have a highly reputable and high-performing school district to continue to draw businesses like Aurora and uh, our facilities, including the high school facility and other community facilities like uh, the city-owned ice arena are things that we are going to have to, to think about as we move forward. And as users of that facility, of course, we have an interest in how that gets solved. From the standpoint of uh, timeline, uh, you, you mentioned uh, August 1st, you're, you're really going to have to kind of make a decision on which direction to go to because the clock is running before the uh, election. Does this make any difference at this point the city hit we were with us at the last minute could you go ahead with the facilities plan that you have uh discussed in the past will this make it more prudent to delay any idea where the the, the, the uh the board may go well i i don't i i have this is a conversation that i'm not going to predict that because there are some honest to goodness authentic conversations it is a difficult question. It is a challenging issue to wrestle with our our high school facilities issue, and uh, which is very common when you have a building of this age, right? So it's a, a building that is structurally sound that we know has you know some really good bones. Um, we also know that there are areas that the facility is lacking. Everybody in town also knows that too. We've continued to take care of our facility at the high school over the years. You know, we've done things like be creative with space, like removing lockers and replacing them with benches or uh, areas where students can collaborate. We, we don't have the kind of space that new facilities have to have collaborative areas for students. So we've done what we can to keep up our facility and making sure that um, we're doing the best that we can to provide those opportunities for students. Things like painting, things like making sure that we take care of the roof, um, you know, making sure that we are looking at how, to, how do we uh, update the internal controls of the facility. We have done some updates uh, in the last couple of years to some science labs. And um, right now to the high school office, there's an update to, again, create an even more secure uh, entry area to make sure that the school is as secure during the school day as possible. So they have a number of things to wrestle with about that facility. So it's a it's a complex question that for the school part that uh, in, includes a whole bunch of items, including the infrastructure, the educational viability, and how do we make that a true 21st century learning environment, a place where, you know, kids are motivated to be the next problem solvers and they're learning those skills that are going to carry them into the workforce to do, do the next big thing for our society. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to predict where we're going to go with this because uh, it is a complex question that we have to convince the community that the pathway forward is is the right one for them. So um, I really believe our school board, they're outstanding at governance, and I really think that they are representative of the community and how they look at these issues.
Superintendent Hillman is uh, with us. Matt, is there anything else uh, you'd like to discuss while we have you on there? Tim, Tim McNiff is on vacation. Well, so have Tim's got, we could talk about Miguel Sano. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just kidding. Nobody for... wants to hear me talk about Miguel Sano. <laughs> I'd rather talk about Joe Ryan and getting Byron Buxton back every day, but that's you know that's a whole other story. <laughs> uh, you know, we're, uh, Northfield School District, we're going to have a, a, a booth down at Crazy Days here this coming Thursday. That's a great chamber event. We hope to see everybody downtown enjoying uh, what seems to be a little bit of a cooler week here, which you know how crazy days is Jeff. sometimes it's we've had years where our tent has blown or our uh, our canopy is blown away and other years where we are thankful to have it because we're sweating it's so hot but it looks like it's going to be a decent uh weather week in terms of at least temperature i haven't seen about the precipitation but stop by and see us and just talk about the schools we're gonna have some thank you cards so that people can write a little note to our educators thanking them for their hard work we know how important it is uh, for educators to feel valued and, and uh, feel the gratitude of their community. So please stop by our booth and do that. And we look forward to engaging with the community on Thursday. That's coming up uh, Thursday, crazy days. Uh, 79 and sunny hey, is what we're looking at. We'll so take just that. about we'll perfect. Take that. Every now and then you get lucky. All right. Matt, thank you so much for coming in. It's my pleasure, Jeff. Thanks so much. Superintendent of Schools, Dr. Matt Hillman.